You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, what up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. I am your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So yeah, before I get into the episode, I wanted to share um, a really embarrassing situation that, that happened to me last night. I had a friend of mine, he reached out to me, he wanted me to to come to his basketball practice and just film some content for his basketball program, which is ranging from ages, probably like third grade all the way to high school. I knew it was a player that I, I wanted to interview for the podcast that was going to be there. So ended up going, talked to the guy, had the podcast interview all set up. We were supposed to meet today, which is Thursday, and do the interview. I get home, I start editing the video, and I text my girlfriend goodnight, and she says, oh, you got done with your podcast early? And I looked, and I couldn't believe it was Wednesday night, and I normally record my podcast on Wednesday night, and I've been so busy helping prepare for this basketball camp that I totally got my days mixed up. I totally forgot that yesterday was Wednesday which, like I said, I normally record on Wednesday nights. Yeah, I had everything all set up to do my interview, and the plan was to edit the podcast and, and, and post it on Thursday morning, but I've been so busy, I forgot that the podcast airs on Thursday and needs to be recorded on Wednesday. So here it is, 4 a.m., Thursday morning and I am recording like I said I normally do a Wednesday night and I mean if you could have seen the disappointment on my face when I realized that it was Wednesday night it was already super late I was already exhausted from other stuff that had going on and I hadn't had the podcast recorded yet so I so I went to bed knowing that I had to set my alarm and get up early in the morning to record this podcast Luckily, I'm not necessarily freestyling it because I had some content prepared anyway, and I'm looking forward to the next few episodes because if all goes well and everything goes according to plan, I'll be able to have a few NBA draft prospects come on the show to do some interviews. So I'm looking forward to that. So so that's my embarrassing story. Like I literally forgot what day it was. So after I edit this podcast, it's literally gone straight from the editor to 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 go on live so you can listen to this so by the time you hear this it's probably only a couple hours since i i woke up but in today's episode i wanted to talk about the swing skill that i I feel like each prospect needs to work on in order for them to maximize their nba potential and i also kind of chip in add on different things that i feel like the prospect needs to work on in the summer i'm kind of putting on my my trainer hat i have some experience as a as a skills trainer and i will put on like like i said my trainer hat and come up with you know a game plan what i would use if i were in charge of each player's um summer school training that prepares them for the nba draft so let's start off first with cade 
Cunningham, who is my number one pick. It's consensus number one pick. I don't think that there is anyone in the tier with Cade. And in my opinion, Cade is one of the most complete college basketball players I've seen coming into the draft. It's really nitpicking if you're you know, going to dissect his game and come up with some areas that he really needs to improve on. Coming into this season, I thought shooting was going to be the biggest question mark around his game, and he definitely answered those concerns when he shot over 40% from three with a, a high degree of difficulty on his attempts. So he definitely answered those questions. But if I had a swing skill that I think that he'll need to improve on in order to maximize his potential as an NBA player. At this point, I'd say it's decision-making. Unfortunately, he averaged more turnovers than assists. And I feel like this is the skill set that he'll need to improve on. And it will determine if he is a primary or secondary ball handler. Now, in my opinion, I think he's a primary. But I've seen some cases where people feel like he would be better served as a secondary ball handler. If I was in charge of his... His development for the summer, I would definitely have him watch a lot of film on Luka Doncic and even Chris Paul. I mean, both players are dominant, and they dominate games with skill, pace, and IQ. Chris Paul is one of the best decision makers in NBA history, and every ball handler, in my opinion, should study Chris Paul. While as far as Luka, I think they have a similar body type, somewhat of a similar game, Luca's a phenomenal passer, but he's also averaging around 28 points per game, and he's a near triple-double. So I think those are the two players that I have Kate studied the most, simply because I, I see some similarities. Well, I think that he has uh, the ability to be a better scorer than Chris Paul, just learning how he dissects defenses and runs a, a team. I think that would be very beneficial for Kate. Evan Mobley is the, the number two player on my board. And this isn't necessarily a skill, but I think adding strength will be very, very important for him and his development. I mean, just think about the NBA today. A lot of people are talking about there's not a lot of centers in the NBA. And it, it's true. It's not the 90s for sure. But you look at Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, DeAndre Ayton, Bam Adebayo, Andre Drummond. Even guys like Yusef Nurkic or Enos Cantor would be tough matchups for Mobley at 215 pounds. I think that his natural position as a center, I've even seen some people say that they think that he'll be a four. So bulking up for him would help him on the defensive end. I think it would help him improve his rebounding. He kind of has a high center of gravity, so I feel like he can easily kind of put a forearm in his, his lower back and kind of get him out the way. But the swing skill is I think he needs to improve his shooting range. I believe he's a better shooter than the numbers indicate. And I, you know, just watching this film, I see he has good touch, but he did shoot 30% from three to 69% from the free throw line. If I was in charge of his training, I'd have him working on a lot of pick and pops or step up threes. Just because I feel like becoming a threat from deep will open up his game even more as a passer. And he'll be a threat to attack closeouts once teams have to respect his outside shot. I strongly believe he's an all-star caliber player. But he's kind of at like this, this tweener position. Because he's not strong enough to be much of a, a low post threat at, at the five. Even though I think he could play the role as, as a role man or a vertical lob threat. But I think that he has a lot more skill than some of the guys that are your classic vertical lob threats. And so if he can extend his range 
and become like a pick and pop threat, then I, I think that will help him maximize his, his potential. The next player I want to discuss is Jalen Suggs, who I think has NBA all-star potential. And the swing skill for him is his outside shooting. He's a capable shooter, but he's very streaky. I know he started off the season like scorching hot, and he had a game where he was like 7 of 10 from 3. I want to say he shot over like 44% and maybe like the first seven games. And he ended up cooling off as the season went on. But I think he's a consistent jumper away from being an NBA All-Star. If I were him, I'd watch a lot of Jason Kidd and maybe even Darren Williams film. And as far as like his training for the summer, I'd have him working on a lot of pull-up jumpers off the dribble. I'd have him shooting threes where the defense goes under ball screens. I'd also have him shooting catch-and-shoot threes. I'd also have him working on soft-touch finishes around the rim. I love his football mentality, but I think that he can play reckless and sometimes take too much punishment around the rim. There's only one Russell Westbrook, and maybe even like a, a Goran Dragic, but Dragic is a pretty good shooter. But I think that with Suggs and his football mentality, like I mentioned, and I mean, if you've been watching college basketball, you heard every single broadcast that he was a former quarterback and he won Minnesota Mr. Football. But sometimes I feel like the football mentality, it kind of leads him to being a little reckless and he goes to the rim kind of out of control. And I think he takes a lot of punishment. I felt like he spent a lot of time on the ground, but he loves the physicality, which is something that, that you know, you, you have to appreciate. And now the second Jalen on, on my board is Jalen Green. I think he's also similar. I think his potential is totally related to him becoming a more consistent outside shooter. And I'll be honest, I was actually impressed with his outside shooting. I knew he could score. I thought that he was more of a scorer than a shooter, which I still think he is. But I felt like he was pretty efficient from three. I think the swing skill for him is more so being a playmaker. I think the shooting will develop over time. But in order for him to maximize his potential, I think he'll need to improve as a playmaker. Developing as a playmaker is going to be very crucial for his game because I feel like he has the skill set to be the number one option on offense. But if he's not a good playmaker, then he ends up being like an empty calorie stat guy or a six man. So... In order for him to reach his potential, which I think that the sky's the roof and sky's the limit for him, I think that improving as a playmaker is a major piece to his puzzle. If I were in charge of his training, a lot of jumpers. We'd be shooting a lot of jumpers, a lot of stuff off the dribble, catch and shoot, sliding corner threes. Because I think early in his career, he's going to have to play off the ball a little bit more. But I'd also have him sharpening his already sharp skill set of being a shot creator so we play a lot of one-on-one a lot of one-on-one every work I would be you know playing one-on-one just to enhance his ability as a shot creator and like I said I think the sky's the limit for Jalen Green probably one of the easiest scorers in this draft so those are the things I'd work on and now let's talk about his teammate Jonathan Kuminga The swing skill for him is pretty simple. For me, it's shooting, shooting, and more shooting. He had 39, 25, 62 shooting splits. And even though the numbers look bad, I still think that he put himself in position to be a top five pick in this draft. He's very young. I think, you know, he'll need to work on his overall awareness and IQ, but I think that's going to come with some game experience. 
if I were him or his trainer or his team, I'm studying Jalen Brown. I'm going with the Jalen Brown development plan. I felt like when Jalen Brown was coming out of Cal, I thought that he was skilled. I felt like he did not have like that one particular thing that he did well. I didn't think he was a great scorer. I didn't think he was a great one-on-one player. I didn't think he was a very good shooter, but he just had a little bit of everything. And I mean, he has improved tremendously. He's put in the work. He's worked on his ball handling. He's worked on being a shot creator. He's knocking down open threes at a high clip. And so if I'm Kaminga and his team, I'm studying Jalen Brown film and even just his game plan to the point where I'd reach out to Jalen Brown and say, is it okay if I work out with you, spend a week with you? Because I think that is a, a, a pretty good comparison. Again, if I were in charge of his overall training, I'd have him playing a lot of one-on-one. Um, I think that he has the potential to be a, a shot creator. We do a lot of catch-and-shoot threes and a lot of sliding to the corner threes, probably putting up maybe two to three hundred threes every workout with him having to finish workouts making start off with maybe 10 out of 13 from five different spots and then go to 20 out of 30 and by the end of the summer I would have him making 30 out of 43s especially from the corners to close out each workout to just improve his overall shot consistency Well, that pretty much wraps up the top five prospects on most draft boards. But when I return, I'll talk about the swing skills for a few other players who I feel like will be selected in the lottery. I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast that I think you're going to enjoy called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, the writer and director behind The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. Now, in the 1980s, which is the era that helped... I guess start my love for basketball, there were players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J becoming household names and bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. But along the way to wealth and stardom, just everything going on in the 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history, really of any sport, have we seen so many players that were ready to become stars face so many tragedies as far as deaths in such a short amount of time. McKay did a good job on this documentary. He was joined by a host of sports journalists and experts who lived through these moments in the history and just kind of discussed this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. If you love The Last Dance or 30 for 30, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. Please search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcasts and start listening. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. I am your host, Rafael Barlow from NBADraftJunkies.com. And this episode is dedicated to the swing skills or the skills that I feel like each prospect needs to improve on in order to maximize their potential as an NBA player. And also what I would work on if I were in charge of their pre-draft training. The next player I want to discuss is Scotty Barnes. And this is pretty simple. Outside shooting, he had 50, 27, 62 shooting splits. I really believe that he needs to become a threat as an outside scorer. 
also feel like he can become a better rebounder. He only averaged about four rebounds per game. I believe that he needs to study some Draymond Green film. And when I say study Draymond Green film, I mean a combination of, you know, not even a combination. Study Draymond Green film from when Draymond was a confident scorer. At this point, Draymond is doesn't even want to look at the rim. He has games where he only takes two or three shots. He's still a, a great passer, one of the smartest guys in the NBA. And I think the Draymond Green, Scotty Barnes comparison is as close as you can get because Barnes is a very unique prospect in the fact that he's like a power forward slash point guard, but he doesn't look to score. And that could also be a problem because if he's not a threat to score, then I really think that it has a major impact on the role that he can play on the offensive end of the floor. I start off basically with a lot of catch and shoot threes. I do have some concerns about his touch, but I start off, like I said, working on catch and shoot threes, mainly in the corner, maybe above the break. I'd also try to add some low post skills to his game. If he can at least be a threat to punish smaller defenders on switches, I think think that he'd be able to make teams pay if he could draw a double because he's such a good passer but I feel like offensively he needs a lot of work and a lot of improvement because he's really talented he's really skilled he has a style of play that that can um, really have an impact on winning but he has to become a threat on the offensive end of the floor Jalen Johnson from Duke is somewhat similar to Barnes in the fact that they both have a, a unique, unorthodox game, if I should say. And for Jalen Johnson, it is outside shooting also. Now, here's what's interesting about Johnson is that, in my opinion, he's the opposite of Evan Mobley. His shooting splits look good. He shot 52% from the floor, 44% from three. The 63% from the line is, is okay. That can improve. But I am not as confident in him as a shooter as the numbers suggest. He had a lot of bad misses. And to be honest, I don't even know how he shot 44% from three. I feel like, you know, when I watched his film, it just didn't pass the eye test. So if if I were in charge of his development, I mean, that is the main thing that we're going to work on is outside shooting. Also try to improve his overall shooting touch. I'd also spend a lot of time developing his offhand and just kind of tighten up his ball handling. Now, as far as if there were a player I'd like for him to watch, I've seen the Ben Simmons comparisons. Um, I'd say like the best of Ben Simmons, maybe like Ben Simmons when Embiid is out the lineup and when he's aggressive and attacking and, and getting rebounds and pushing the pace. It's kind of hard to compare him to Ben Simmons because I don't think he's the passer or natural playmaker as Ben Simmons but if he can be like a scaled down version that would be ideal for whatever team draft him but I would say 2016-17 or 17-18 Miami Heat version of James Johnson now Jalen Johnson can just kind of duplicate or, or play a similar style that James played and you know I don't, I don't know what it was I don't know if it was just the the Heat culture but Miami was able to get the best out of James Johnson for the first two years he was there. And if Jalen Johnson can play similar to that, then that's definitely a win for whatever team that that selects him. Moving on to the next Johnson, it's just Keon Johnson, whose name seems to be rising on draft boards. And 
it's kind of like a similar theme for him. The the swing skill is his outside shooting. I think that he also needs to improve his ball handling and just his overall pace and feel for the game. He seems to be playing out of control, 100 miles an hour. I think he's a little raw. I feel like once he gets a little bit more game experience, I, I think that he has a high upside. I'm on record of saying that he could end up being like a poor man, Zach Levine. But in order to be like a poor man, Zach Levine, he's definitely going to have to put in a lot of time working on his offensive creativity. And I believe that in order to improve your offensive creativity, and you've heard me say it multiple times on this episode, is you have to play a lot of one-on-one. I don't necessarily think that you can become a really, really creative offensive player just by doing drills and working out. Because when you're doing drills and working out, I mean, the cone doesn't move. The chair doesn't move. I think the best one-on-one players or the best scorers in the NBA as far as putting the ball in the basket have a lot of creativity that comes from practicing your moves against a defender. I mean, I've read Kyrie Irving, and again, Kyrie Irving is a one-of-one. It's literally impossible to duplicate his game. But I read somewhere that when he was in high school, he played one-on-one to 100 every day which explains why he has every single move in the book. You know, like a James Harden, for example, his game was not developed with a trainer in a lab. He was out hooping. I mean, he, you know, that creativity. And even, you know, you look at like Zach Levine. I, I feel like he must have had a good balance of working on a skill set, but he's able to get his shots and the offensive creativity that, he has, in my opinion, has come from hard work, but also playing a lot of one-on-one and just working on his offensive creativity. Like I said, I'm on record of comparing Keon Johnson to a poor man, Zach Levine. He has a long ways to go, but if I were in charge of his development outside of playing one-on-one, he's making 250 to 300 made threes every workout. I feel like if he were able to consistently make 250 to 300 threes every workout, I think that he'd be at least a respectable three-point shooter going into his rookie season. And depending on your preference, you may feel like James Booknight is a better NBA prospect than Keon Johnson. Booknight has the offensive creativity, is a scorer, but I feel like the swing skill for him is... His shooting, he only shot 29% from three on five attempts per game. I think that he needs to get stronger. He's listed at 6'5", 190. Even though he shot like 65.8% around the basket, I think that adding bulk and getting stronger will help him become a better finisher. But then again, with NBA floor spacing, he could you know, end up being like a really good finisher without having to put on too much weight. The swing skill for him... That is going to determine his NBA role is definitely his passing and decision-making. He averaged 2.8 turnovers per game compared to 1.8 assists. And again, similar to what I said about Jalen Green, if Booknight doesn't improve as a passer, a playmaker, or decision-maker, he could be suited for a role as an off-the-bench scorer as opposed to a starter because his game is it's all about getting buckets, but he has to improve at getting others involved and making the right reads if he wants to maximize his potential and possibly be a long-term NBA starter, in my opinion. In just a moment, I'll discuss the swing skills for Moses Moody, Davion Mitchell, Usman Garuba, Kai Jones, and Franz Wagner. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. If you've been listening to the Locked On Network, then you know we've been telling you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market. We've been telling you about this for quite a while, but if you haven't, Built Bar is this amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate on each and every bar. And if you missed it, we had what we call Built Bar Madness, which was like an NCAA tournament style competition between all of the Built Bars. And the champion was Coconut Brownie Chunk over Mint Brownie Chunk. It was a tough competition. But if you missed it and you didn't vote or you have another opinion, you can try all the different flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And now you can see if you disagree with the champion, you can decide which is the best tasting protein bar. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We have scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts like myself. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Arkansas's Moses Moody, in my opinion, is one of the safest picks in this draft. I think he has the positional size and the game that will allow him to have a long career as a 3 and D role player. As far as like the swing skill that can help him like maximize his potential and kind of get out of the 3 and D role, I think he would just need to improve his offensive creativity and improve as a shot maker. I also feel like he needs to become a better finisher around the rim, which means adding some soft touch finishes or floaters or just a little bit of creativity. But he's so young, one of the youngest players in this class. And so I think with another summer of development and growth, I think that he can easily add on to his offensive repertoire and then definitely add the soft touch finishes to help him improve as a finisher around the rim. And speaking of finishing around the rim, that is like, in my opinion, a swing skill for Davion Mitchell. Getting to the free throw line and improving his free throw percentage, it is kind of mind-boggling to me that with his handle and the offensive creativity he has shown and his speed, just wasn't able to draw fouls at a high rate. I think he only got to the free throw line maybe like two times per game. And maybe he doesn't necessarily attack the rim like that because he's not a good free throw shooter. Only shot 64% from the foul line. But I feel like the the third step to him becoming a three-level scorer is becoming a better finisher at the rim and being able to draw fouls. And drawing fouls... In some cases, you can say it's usually one of the the last things that a player develops as far as being a scorer. And if you're able to 
draw fouls and get the easy points when you're having an off shooting night, then that's when you're like a great NBA scorer. Don't know if that's his role, but I would like to see him improve at getting to the foul line, drawing contact because he has, like I said, he has the speed, he has the frame, he has everything you need to become a good free throw generator, but he just does not get to the line enough for me. Usman Garuba, one of my favorite players in this draft, and I think for him the swing skill is, you know, like a lot of guys I've mentioned, improving as an outside shooter. I think he has a a, a role as a good NBA role player that knocks down open shots. I think he's a good passer. I feel like he needs to continue to make strides as a ball handler. Every once in a while I watch his film, and I'll be impressed with a play that he made off the dribble. And if he can just continue to work on the ball handling, been able to attack closeouts or just kind of create on straight line drives or maybe add a little shake and bake to his game, I think that would go a long way in helping him improve as a scorer. I still think that he should be able to get a lot of baskets in the NBA as this kind of like junkyard dog that collects points off of dump offs, offensive rebounds and just hustle plays. I'd also like to see him work on the soft touch finishes. And one of the things I really think that could help him maximize his potential is to stop loading on his attempts, which goes back to the soft touch finishes. It's like if he gets the offensive rebound or gets the ball, he has a very bad tendency of loading up. And by the time he loads up and squats to finish strong, it turns an open attempt into a contested attempt. He's already a little bit undersized at 6'8", but he does have a 7'2 wingspan that makes up for it, but I think he makes himself smaller when he loads up. The best example to me is Dwight Howard. You know, Dwight, I think, would have another 1,000 or 2,000 points in the NBA if he were able to keep the ball high without loading and squatting and bringing the ball below his waist to try to dunk everything because think about how many times you saw Dwight get the ball. Maybe it was an offensive rebound. He got it, brought it down, or at least the ball below his waist, and got hammered. And, you know, Dwight was so strong, you had to, like, literally hammer him or foul him hard to prevent him from, you know, going up because he's he's able to finish through contact. Well, with Garuba, it's kind of like the same thing. He'll, he'll get a rebound or he'll, he'll get a pass. He'll bring the ball low, squat. You hard foul him, and he's not able to get up and attempt. And so that could easily turn and and one into a situation where he's not even getting a shot up. So I would work on, again, like the quick soft touch finishes around the rim, floaters, and just make sure that he's not loading up on his attempts around the basket. The next player I want to discuss is Franz Wagner from Michigan. I mean, if, if there's one swing skill that I think that would determine his NBA future is just becoming a more consistent shooter He's a a respectable shooter, but I think if he were a knockdown shooter, then it would open things up for him. But again, you can probably say that about anybody. But yeah, I would say improving his shooting consistency and his left hand would be the main things that I would work on if I were in charge of Franz Wagner's um, summer training. And the last prospect I want to discuss for today, now this probably won't be my final episode during this draft process on swing skills, but it is one of the more intriguing prospects in the draft, which is Kai Jones from Texas. 
I just think that he needs to work on his basketball IQ and his feel for the game, which comes a lot with playing. I don't know if I'd have him playing a lot of full court during his uh, pre-draft process, but I think improving his shot selection and more so the consistency and balance on this jump shot. I mean, the numbers speak for itself. He was efficient from the floor. I still think he's a little raw, but I just spend the summer sharpening the skills that he already has because he in my opinion, has the potential to be an all-star or be out of the league in five years. I think it's kind of like boom or bust with him, but I love the potential. I love the skills, athleticism. His combination of size and, like I said, athleticism and skills is pretty intriguing. And sometimes it kind of makes you wonder why isn't he a top five pick because his God-given talent and skills are there, but he's just a little raw and his game is in my opinion, not really visually pleasing, but it, it doesn't matter if it's pretty or, or ugly or not, as long as he puts the ball in the basket. Yeah, but overall, I'd have him continuing to improve as a shooter, tighten up the handle. I think he has the potential to be able to attack closeouts, also be able to grab rebounds and go and kind of push the ball up the floor, kind of like a Giannis light. There's only one Giannis, but you know, not too many guys have the ability to rebound cover as much ground as Kai Jones does and transitions. But I think that he could be a really, really good transition scorer as far as filling the lanes or running the break himself. But yes, as far as Kai Jones, again, sharpening his skills, continuing to improve as a shooter and working on his overall IQ and feel for the game. Well, that wraps up today's episode of Locked On NBA Draft. And she's your host, Rafael Barlow. Hope everyone has a good weekend. And I am out. <laughs>